Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and once again this week I'm joined by Alex Moreland and Stephen Rass, our resident TV critics who are some of the hardest working people I know, who sacrifice all their free time to watch TV to give you the best recommendations. Does that sound a bit intense? They're, they're fun. Very true, they're fun guys. Very fun guys. True. Don't forget, you can also now see us on television or the internet as well. You can jump over to the brand new Freeview channel 276. It's called Shots. It's brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime, football news, and analysis plus coverage of lifestyle TV, film, and much more. Back to the podcast. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines on the deep dive. This week, Alex talks talks to us about new Netflix drama, Painkiller. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week, Stephen tells us about Yellowstone, often cited Yellowstone. But first, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. Stephen, tell us, what have you been watching recently? Okay, so I started with season two of Good Omens. Oh, um, yes, of course. Not seen, not seen all of it yet. It's on Amazon, obviously. Mm. David Tennant, Michael Sheen, mm. etc. It's okay, but it's it's. I don't think it's got the same, like... Energy. Energy, mm. maybe, that the first one mm. had. Um, the first season. So the first season obviously came out in 2019, so it's been a long while, and I don't know if maybe they just sort of lost in, something along the way. Um, John Hamm's character is... I guess he has a more prominent role in the second series, but the whole bit is that he's completely lost oh. his memory and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's he, he just comes across as like um, a complete idiot, which, which is intentional, but... I think his character was a lot more interesting okay. and a lot more John Hamesque in the in the first season. Have you watched Alex? I have not, but I was going to say, do you think it's because um, this one's not based on a on a book? Yeah, I think it might be because of that. So um, Neil Gaiman still still wrote for the for the show for the second season, but I think the book probably gave it a lot more grounding for the fir- for the first series and it m- might have just been a sort of stronger story maybe it's terry pratchett is it so the the, the first book yeah. was terry pratchett neil gaiman and then terry pratchett died mm-hmm. um in like 2017 and they got, got around to writing a sequel that they talked about for about 30 years so okay okay it's funny i was reading something about this last week and i kind of agreed with the person who wrote the piece I just never got into it. I just didn't. I love. I like. I love David Tennant. I love Michael Sheen. But there was just something in the first series. I didn't watch the first couple of episodes, and mm. I never really fully committed to the thing. So yeah, I. I don't think I'll be watching this series if you're like saying it's not. Um, not any better than the first one. Anything else to tell us about this week? Yeah, I started the Netflix um, sort of documentary show, um, "How to Become a Cult Leader." I think it's called. Um, <laughs> so there was a show how to. A tyrant that they released a year or so ago, and it <laughs> Stephen, you like, your ambitions are remarkable. Yeah, it, it basically talks you through like the tyrant's playbook, so they go through like the big, the big hitters like Hitler and um, Saddam and Gaddafi, and that was really interesting. And then this time around, it's 
the cult leaders playbooks so you know, charlie manson david koresh okay um a lot of sort of weird cult figures and I, i'm sort of into the whole like scientology documentary sort of thing mm-hmm. and this has got a little bit of that uh, it's narrated by peter dinklage as well from mm-hmm. game of thrones um and it's it's quite funny it's obviously quite a serious topic at times but it's presented in quite a tongue-in-cheek kind of way and it's basically a good overview if you sort of want to learn a little bit more about weird and wonderful cults through the through the years the, the one thing i will say is that it it's sort of only the big ones that you've already heard of anywhere and it doesn't necessarily tell you much more than what you already know. um but it's 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 some it's definitely worth a watch if it is something that you sort of enjoy and if you saw how to be a tyrant and you liked that then this is basically as as good as that so uh i like the idea that um you can add that to your cv now you've done the training in both those things which 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 skills would come in more handy at the minute cult leader or tyrant a cult leader i think um because yeah tyrant's a bit more resource intensive as well um whereas a cult leader you can just literally just from your garage you could do it it's all about breaking people's spirits manipulating um and setting yourself up as the messiah normally um which i've been sort of doing for the last eight 40 (laughs) weeks anyway on this podcast so hopefully (laughs) hopefully it pays off one episode at a time Stephen. one episode at a time well done yeah okay cool um alex what have you been watching uh so i have mostly still just been watching futurama um sort of into the second i feel like we should just tell the listeners that you've you've not got your normal backdrop because you're hot i don't most of the listeners are just listening (laughs) rather than watching well we're on tv now so we'll have that i was gonna say we are literally on tv right now this is our our Night. slot Wednesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So you know, if anybody's wondering what's up with Alex, he, he's just busy with life stuff. Yeah. Not at yeah, all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all. Lots of lots of life stuff. Cool. Sorry. So Futurama, <laughs> you're continuing with that. Anything yeah, else? Futurama, continuing with that. Um, and Boston Legal, which I don't think I mentioned for a while, yes. is still, I think, reliably the strangest yeah. program because it's not. I mean, I know I said, like, okay, it's a legal drama, legal mm-hmm. thriller, whatever. I think that paints a very particular picture. Mm-hmm. It is, it takes the biggest sort of tonal swings that I've seen a program of that nature taking. Mm-hmm. I said, I watched last week, um, sort of began with a child being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Very serious, very kind of harrowing because it's like, oh my God, this child has been kidnapped by a known, known child murderer. Oh my God, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Two of the lawyers then impersonate FBI agents to try and track this person down. They go to a church and they start threatening priests with an axe and they accidentally cut the priest's fingers <laughs> off. And it and then and then the church cat comes and grabs one of the fingers off. And it is it, it goes from this kind of very serious, yeah. very, very kind of dark, intense to Surrealist like sort of like the music's going everywhere they're all doing comic screams and it's like what what is this do you do you like that or do you think find it jarring uh, it is absolutely jarring but i'm loving yeah it. that's the thing isn't it because yeah. it's so I, I think what i'm enjoying about it in particular is like 
I, I could never guess how one of these episodes is going to end or even how it will get to just like the first ad break kind of thing because <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, yeah. You wonder what the writers were up to when they were uh, doing the, writing the stuff, you know. Um, yeah. The writers were obsessed with, there was someone on that writing staff who was obsessed with like salmon fishing because yeah. every third episode <laughs> the case is about like wild salmon versus controlled salmon, how it's so important. And it's like this is clearly something someone really cared about and we wouldn't have noticed at the time but binge watching it you can see oh that episode that aired a month ago was about the same thing i'm having fun very random very random (laughs) okay cool well keep us up to date with that i'm sure there'll be more chat of salmon etc i have started a couple of new things actually I don't know if I said this last week, only murders in the building. No, how, how are you finding that? Yeah, good, actually. I think it's it's just a bit of fun, you know, and like Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short, like, you know, heroes from my youth. So there's a little bit of nostalgia there. Some of the podcast stuff is like, oh, my God, cringe. But um, uh, it's uh, it's. It's just a bit of fun and it's easy. It's half an hour and all that. And apparently the second series, a couple of people have mentioned it to me. I think it's a, it's got a good following, you know. They're like, did you see that bit in the, uh, you know. And uh, so it's second series supposed to be. Or is it third series? Sorry, third series uh, is just saying. Uh, started yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Is, so Is their podcast more believable to you than Carrie Bradshaw's? Yeah, even though mm. it's their, well, I suppose they're a bit more like, it forms a bit more of the actual story. Mm. Then it carries is just like a thing she does, you know. Um, still watching just like that, though. Um, we'll fill you in when I get to the end of the series. Um, Aiden has just returned. Oh, my God, spider alert. Never mind. I think everybody knew that anyway, Not to be honest. <laughs> the Aiden. <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to mention, two things. I watched a film at the weekend called Bull. I feel like Stephen might be up your street. Have you seen it? It's on Netflix. I've not seen it, but I'm aware of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's British film, kind of very violent gang, revenge, thriller, slash horror, potentially. I don't normally like things that are very violent. I end up, like, looking away so much, it kind of ruins the whole thing, you know. I don't know if that's... Mm. I just think sometimes it's a bit too much. But this really kept me drawn in. And it's only about an hour and a half, which is great as well, because sometimes you just look at these things and it says two hours plus and you're like, I don't have enough two hour energy for two hours. And there's a quite a twist in it as well, which is good. And I would recommend it if you're looking for if you're it's not easy viewing. But if you're looking for an hour and a half at the weekend, that's completely different. I would go with it. It's um, Neil Maskell playing the lead and then. David Heyman is in it as well, who seems to be in everything I'm watching at the moment. It's on Netflix, right? Netflix, exactly. It's just come to Netflix, I think, in the last week or two. So, yeah, yeah violent, but good. Uh, and the third thing I want to mention, which is really weird, and I've only watched one episode, but I am intrigued. I'm worried I'm going to be very disappointed. Wolf? Mm. Steve, Alex, did you do anything on this? Did you, you didn't see no. any... But I, from what you were saying about the first episode, I could sort of tell that's what you were going to say because I've heard a lot of people say that about the first episode. So it starts off like any sort of normal uh, detective drama um, where we can tell our detective is kind of trouble guy. He's got a, his brother went missing when they were kids. They never found his body. 
you know, he reckons the neighbour did it sort of thing. And, you know, it's all fairly sort of standard for the first 20 minutes. And then things just start getting very strange and very weird and very um, almost comedic at points. And there's an element of sort of otherworldliness about it. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen before, to be honest with you. But I'm intrigued. But like I said, I do feel like maybe... I'm going to be ultimately disappointed. I do like some of the actors in it as well, though. So I'll come back to you. I'll expand at a later date. So uh, there you go. Anything else from anybody on what we've been watching? Happy to progress? Excellent. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay. So up next, Alex, over to you. We are talking about Painkiller, which is the new Netflix drama about the ongoing opioid crisis in the US, I imagine. Yes, that is mm. exactly correct. Uh, so it was a sort of prestige true crime drama kind of mini series that I imagine they'll do a bit of an Emmy's push on. But, okay. Um, oh, that big is it? Yeah, I, c- I could imagine so. It's um, it's in the same sort of vein as stuff like uh, the the Dropout and Five Days at Memorial, which was on Apple last year about um, yes. New Orleans and. Mm. Yep. And it's very similar to Dope Sick on Disney mm. similar subject matter. I haven't actually seen Dope Sick. But mm. um, it, yeah, it's that kind of style of sort of kind of, yeah, glossy prestige true crime drama, not not the sort of Dharma, Ryan Murphy kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's all about sort of the opioid crisis in America, um, the sort of origins and rise of, of oxycontin and purdue pharma kind of pushing that mm-hmm. so it's kind of about the sort of the relationship between marketing and pharmaceuticals and the, the sackler family uh kind from of told from a from a detective's point of view is it sorry so it's, it's from a couple of different perspectives okay. um you've got you've got the sackler family uh it is his name's gone out of my head ferris bueller Oh yeah, um, Matthew Broderick yes. is playing um, sort of Richard Sackler, who's the guy who kind of invented or not invented, branded pushed, it sort of yeah, yeah, branded pushed oxycontin in the first mm. place. Uh, you've got flashbacks to his his uncle uh, Arthur Sackler, who was the guy who sort of did the same for Valium, kind mm. of originated a lot of the techniques that Richard Sackler would then go on to to do to push oxycontin even further mm-hmm. um you've got sort of a, a family a mechanic who um injures himself starts using oxycontin as a painkiller mm-hmm. and then it sort of traces his journey as it um becomes harder and harder for him to manage with it mm-hmm. uh but yeah the sort of the the main story the frame story that kind of kicks it off is a district attorney who is investigating medical fraud mm-hmm. so things like dodgy dodgy x-rays doctors who have um exaggerated the number of procedures they're doing and she comes across this drug and she's like hang on a minute i've never heard of this but in the past month you've prescribed it 200 times you must mm. you know it must be fraud it's actually not it's just that the drug is both very new and very addictive immediately yeah uh, that kind of captures her attention she's very curious about it um i'd say it's very well done i'm mm generally not a fan of true crime as mm. i think we've established many times over um but i thought i thought this was quite well done um I how think many it, episodes is it and where is it on 
six episodes total is on Netflix from Thursday the 10th of August. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're each sort of 50-minute episodes or so. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's good in terms of sort of it captures the scope and the scale of it fairly well. It also has... It has a lot of contempt for Richard Sackler. It's very kind of clear mm-hmm. about, you know, there's no, well, there's little effort to humanise him. I mm-hmm. think it does say a few times, you know, look, it doesn't matter why he did what he did. He He's just evil. He's an evil man, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it, not intentionally, but it wavers in that a little bit as it mm-hmm. draws on, um, sort of calls back to, to his uncle, to Arthur Sackler. But... Um, for, for the most part, it's pretty consistent in, like, he's evil. Mm-hmm. He's not a good mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing it does do that I found interesting, and I'd be curious what you would both think about it, I suppose as a hypothetical, but it's easy to imagine. Every episode starts with that kind of, you know, this is a dramatisation, this is it's based on a true story, but we've made certain decisions, that kind of disclaimer. But they're each delivered by family members of people who died of OxyContin, or, or Fox continues rather. Um, so, so we'll have a person, they'll say, this is a dramatization, but it's not a dramatization that my son died or my cousin died or, you know, so on. Um, and it's quite a, quite an arresting way to start. Yeah. I think. Sounds quite powerful to me actually, mm. because when you do see that and you see it a lot, actually, don't you? You know, mm. this is based on a true story with some moments dramatised and some fictionalised characters or whatever. And when you see that, it takes away something from the story because you think, oh, you, it undermines it a little bit because you're like, what is real and what isn't? And unless you're going to do a lot of research or whatever, you won't know for sure probably what exactly is and isn't, yeah. you know, or spend a lot of time looking it up afterwards or whatever. Yeah, I've... I've- come to find it quite a frustrating device just because yeah to get away with whatever yeah for one thing like we know don't you you don't Mm -hmm. need to like especially on like the crown or something you don't need to like patronize yeah well yeah but But yeah because it's become so widespread you get so many people that are like uh, doing kind of jokey riffs on it that are like you know this is this is based on something we completely made up or whatever (laughs) yeah Um, but But i think to see real people who've been dramatically affected yeah. by that crisis brings it home that it's real and I think it's interesting it's at the start of it maybe if it was mm. at the end of it it'd be even more dramatic you know yeah because I think it um, interrupts that sort of Netflix autoplay thing exactly so that's Grounds I think that's it. you know I think the thing is and I'm sure you'd both agree like eight times out of ten something being done a little bit different is probably a good thing you know um, because you're just shaking it up a bit and bringing something new that we haven't seen before and that's not always an easy thing to do so you know at least they're taking a risk what do you think Stephen? Yeah no I agree I, I've, I've not seen it so it's it's hard to say because mm. you don't really know how it works until you watch it but I prefer if they just tell you one way or the other like either this is basically inspired by true events and then we ran with it or you know this is a faithful adaptation as we can make without it being you know with it still working as a tv series um so i'm not really sure how it would work when it sort of splits it down the middle like that i did watch dope sick and to be honest with you it sounds so similar so similar because they Dopesick was on, I think, is a bit longer, maybe eight episodes or something. I, th- I think I remember thinking Dopesick was a bit long. Um, 
they dwell a lot as well on the politics within the Sackler family and the sort of votes and who was with who and who wasn't with who and that and and Sackler, the main guy, he um comes across as quite like maniacal, you know, and quite um volatile um and not a very nice person again. But it sounds like he's made even more sort of monstrous in in this new one. Um, so I'd be interested to see how they compare, actually, because they sound very similar, very similar. I mean, it's the same story, so it will be similar to an extent. But um, yeah, and, and that that kind of thing of we see the people with the addictions and their descent into, you know, hell, basically. Um, OK, cool. So Netflix from today and there's six episodes. Yes. Excellent. Okay, thank you so much, Alex. Stephen, over to you now. We're going to talk about Yellowstone and everybody's favorite cuddly person, Kevin Costner. Yay! Yeah, if you if you like Yellowstone, <laughs> uh, came out in twenty eighteen. It's a sort of neo western series set in the modern day on a uh, ranch in Montana, and yeah, it stars Kevin Costner as well as uh, Luke Grimes. Kelly Riley, Wes Bentley, and some other sort of recognisable names in there as well. Kevin Costner, I guess, is um, fairly established in the Western genre. I mean, he starred and directed Dances with Wolves. Mm. He won Best Director for that. Um, So he's sort of a natural um, person to play the lead role. He plays John Dutton, who is the um, patriarch of the Dutton family. They have this historic ranch that has been in their family for generations um and there's been some spin-off series as well some prequel series 1883 and 1923 which follow the earlier generations of the duttons as they established the ranch um as they sort of join the sort of westward exodus of the uh, 19th century it's five episodes five series of the show and it's it's almost wrapped now so Season five, part one, is already available to watch. Season five, part two, is due out in November, but it's unclear whether the writers' strikes will have affected production on it and whether it'll be delayed. Um, and then okay. the series wrapping after season five. I'm watching. Well, season one is on Channel Five currently, so it's airing at nine pm on Fridays. But you can watch the full first season on Channel Five now on my okay. five. Mm-hmm. Um, but season one to five are all on Paramount Plus, so that's okay. what you'd watch the full show. Um, nice to be able to get a taster on Channel Five, and then if you exactly, want to commit yeah. to Paramount Plus, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, it is good. It's uh, it's a strong series. The it's basically a sort of family drama that's got a big political vein through it as well. The the Duttons are a powerful family and, and they're basically fighting off people encroaching on their land through mm-hmm. five seasons. And often it turns violent. Everyone in the West seems to be armed to the teeth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Dutton has this very strained relationship with uh, one of his sons. And the series starts basically with the death of one of the Dutton sons. And that's, I guess, what, pulls the rest of the family back together but it, it, it's still quite a strained relationship mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's very interesting the the Dussons aren't particularly likable people at least not at first they, they have this thing where they brand people with a cattle iron to basically 
they after having like got something on them they basically are able to say right you either come work for me now and you're owned by me or we'll ruin your life and then they brand them and basically break their spirit and then own them which which to me i thought reminded me a lot of um of sons of anarchy mm. and it felt very much quite sons of anarchy-esque and then i realized that one of the writers john linson was a producer on sons of anarchy so mm. i guess i think Taylor Sheridan used to be an actor, and I think he starred on Sons of Anarchy for a little while. He could well have done, yeah. He could well have done. Uh, so T- T- Taylor Sheridan also also co-wrote the series, um, and he's he's worked on Mayor of Kingstown, the Sicario movies, um, Hella High Water. So you can see where the influences sort of come in for this show. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's basically just a... It's something a bit different because you don't get that many neo-westerns or at least not many that that work um mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's it's a little bit like dallas but in a much more updated more considered more modern yeah. tv show kind of way okay. um less hairspray yeah, less okay. yeah, less of a soap opera, and also pretty violent from like the get go as well. Like mm. the first episode, um, you, it, you as I said earlier, you always hear people talking about it in like great TV series of the past five six years. I think yeah. you often hear people citing it as a potential. I've never seen a single episode of it. Don't know about you, Alex, but would you? Is that the sort of general consensus that it is that good? Then? Yeah, I mean. It, I guess it came after Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and it was sort of at the same time as like this sort of newer wave of shows, I guess. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe got I, a good timing, yeah. Yeah. For the past however many years, it, it's literally the most watched show in America. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's very, the kind of thing I hear. very, very American. I think it's how Americans see themselves, like as these like powerful, like individuals and family units that are like at war with everyone around them. It's very <laughs> in that sense, it's like us against the world, um, and very like manly men and like yeah. It's I think it probably doesn't work as well over here because. It's a psyche it, thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do really, I love Westerns and yeah, I, I very much enjoy it. I think it, it definitely is one of the, the better shows to have come out in the late 2010s. Okay. You've convinced me. I'm going to watch it. I'll feedback in the next couple of weeks. Partner. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Right. That's us for this week. Thank you, Stephen, for talking about Yellowstone there and Painkiller from Alex. You were a painkiller, Alex. You know that. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Do look out for our Friday morning Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, do drop us a line via social media on National World TV, um, on Twitter, and on all platforms as National World. <laughs> you can also sign up for our wonderful weekly TV newsletter by going to nationalworld.com forward slash newsletter. We'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back again next week with more Screen Babble. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye. Bye. Bye.